Hello and welcome to the Monash Perioperative Medicine podcast series. I'm uh, Justin Burke and today I have with me Dr. Mark Schulman from the Department of Anesthesiology and Perioperative Medicine at the Alfred Hospital and also Monash University. Welcome, Mark. Thanks very much, Justin. Today we're going to talk about the preoperative assessment of the obese patient. Now, Mark, your current research focuses on postoperative disability and other patient-focused surgical outcome measures. Can you explain what led you down this path? That's a really great question. It's, it's often hard to know how or where to get started in research. I remember as an anaesthetic registrar being interested in research and racking my brain trying to come up with an idea for a project. I had a few ideas, but coming up for a solid with a solid research theme eluded me. In the end, as so often happens, I became interested in patient-centred outcomes, partly due to a genuine interest, but also because I was in the right place at the right time with the right mentor. At the time, I was teaching an end-of-life communication course, a key component of which is helping patients to make end-of-life decisions based on an understanding of the patient's values, goals and wishes from their point of view. This approach approach contrasts with the more traditional and now out-of-date disease-focused approach taken by some clinicians. I remember discussing this communication course with Paul Miles, and the conversation evolved to using trial endpoints that measure outcomes that matter to patients following surgery. The kind of outcomes I'm talking about include being free of pain and disability, being able to return to work and normal social interactions, and having a general sense of health and well-being. At the time, Paul was designing a project to find the ideal outcome to measure disability after surgery and was nice enough to include me in the project. While researching the topic, I came across the HUDAS, or World Health Organization Disability Assessment Schedule, and suggested we include it in the project. Paul agreed, and this led to my first significant paper in anesthesiology, which demonstrated HUDAS was a valid and reliable measure of disability after surgery. The rest of my work on this topic of patient-centred outcome measures has really followed on from there. So it's really taken you from that point to look at different uh, subgroups of patients, and one of those has been uh, the obese patient group. Now, last year you co-authored a paper in anaesthesia and intensive care entitled The Clinical, Functional and Disability Characteristics of Patients with Severe Obesity, presenting for non-bariatric surgery. So what was the purpose of this research paper? So I should just start by saying that this research project was really led by Dr. Natalie Smith, who's a consultant anaesthetist working in Wollongong Hospital in New South Wales, where approximately 35% of patients presenting for elective surgery can be classified as obese. Um, This project was born from a recognition of the challenges faced when assessing obese patients in the pre-admission clinic. The temptation, of course, is to become fixated on the BMI or body mass index and assume the patient may be unfit or high risk for surgery based on that BMI. Obese patients may certainly have overt or occult medical, sorry, metabolic, cardiac or respiratory comorbidities. They can also have difficulty with exercise and general mobility which can make usual assessments of functional capacity, such as asking about exercise or climbing stairs, or even formal exercise testing, challenging to perform and difficult to interpret. So while assessing functional capacity as a guide to assessing fitness for surgery in the general population has been well-researched, there's really little known about how or when to assess functional capacity in obese patients having non-bariatric surgery. So the aim of this specific research project 
was to describe a set of baseline values or clinical characteristics for tests assessing functional capacity in obese patients um, who are having elective non-cardiac surgery. That's interesting, Mark. So as you say, BMI is not always the best marker of function or indeed very predictive of the outcome of non-bariatric surgery. So you chose in that study to use um, three markers, the six-minute walk test, uh, TBNP and the HUDAS score, which you mentioned earlier, and use that to assess the property function and disability. What do you think the strengths and weaknesses of these markers are, especially in that obese population? Okay, so firstly, just to, to quickly describe the population for people who might not be familiar with the paper. Um, we assessed 293 patients having non-bariatric surgery. 30% of the patients were having orthopedic surgery. 50% had urogynecological or general surgery. And then there was a, another assortment of um, procedures. Mo most procedures were either moderate to major surgery and all patients who were having elective non-cardiac surgery and non-bariatric surgery. So the population, when we measured it, was truly obese. Um, they had a mean BMI of 42 and a waist circumference measurements that were 30 to 40% higher than the upper limit of normal. Around about a quarter of the patients had obstructive sleep apnea, 30% had diabetes, and 15% or so had coronary artery disease. So to directly answer your questions about strengths and weaknesses, and overall strength of these tests in any population is their simplicity, um, lack of expense, and non-invasive nature. They can all be done by relatively untrained people very simply and inexpensively. Specifically, in this population, we hope that these tests would give a holistic assessment of functional capacity and cardiorespiratory fitness that might not be apparent from basic clinical assessment or first appearances. So in general, as you mentioned before, this is exactly what we found. BMI itself was not associated with functional capacity as measured by the six-minute walk test, disability as measured by HUDAS, or cardiovascular function measured by NT ProBMP, except perhaps at the extremes of BMI, with BMIs of over 50, there was some reduction in the six-minute walk test. In contrast, poor walk test results, um, increasing disability and advancing age were highly interrelated suggesting that the six-minute walk test and HUDES were both identifying patients with poor function independent of their obesity. I should stress that these data do not provide any evidence of predictive capacity in terms of poor post-operative outcomes. These are just purely a, a look at their base, patients' baseline characteristics. In terms of test weaknesses, um, one potential weakness was that roughly one in four people couldn't complete the six-minute walk test that group was more likely to have significant disability, be older, and by that I mean over 70 years of age, or be having lower limb orthopedic surgery. While this could be seen as a failure of the test or a, or a weakness of the test, it's also possible, and I think probable in fact, that non-completion of the test itself may turn out to be a significant finding and perhaps predictive as well. Uh, thank you, Mark. You were also co-author on the large METS study. Um, can you summarise the findings from that study and just um, consider uh, how that might impact on your obesity research in the future? Sure. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I was um, fortunate enough to be part of the uh, METS study investigators, and that, that main paper was published in The Lancet roughly a year before this current paper came out. Um, the METS study findings, I think, are supportive of this 
obesity research findings. Um, in saying this, I'm specifically referring to the finding that the test of functional capacity that was most predictive of outcome in METS was the Duke Activity Status Index, or DASI, which is a holistic and objective questionnaire assessing functional capacity. So in the MET study, the DASI was superior to sub subjective physician assessment or cardiopulmonary exercise testing and the six-minute walk test for predicting death, myocardial infarction, and disability after surgery. Unfortunately, when we planned this current obesity study, we didn't know the DASI was going to perform so well. Um, and so we didn't uh, incorporate measuring the DASI into this obesity study, which we would have done had we known. But how, having said that, it's very possible that the DASI would be useful for quantifying functional capacity and predicting risk in obese patients as well as in the, the MET study population. Excellent. So what does that mean for the future? I, I guess um, I know you're looking into functional assessment of obese patients prior to surgery and looking at measuring disability before and after surgery. Without giving too much away, um, where do you think the future of perioperative assessment um, of functional capacity in obese, obese patients is heading? Okay, so I think, I think the key finding of this paper, as well as other as yet unpublished work from our group, is that BMI or obesity itself cannot be used as a sole guide to the patient's functional capacity and perioperative risk. And that's something that perhaps we as anaesthetists and perioperative physicians have been a little bit guilty of in the past. Um, in addition, our work's demonstrated that obese patients have not insignificant levels of renal impairment and diabetes, which can often be occult. So history alone cannot be relied on to, to find these comorbidities. Without giving too much away about our unpublished work, I think the future of preoperative assessment for obese patients will include some form of functional assessment, including perhaps a six-minute walk test, HUDAS, or possibly the DASI, or perhaps some other test that, that's yet to be assessed. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for your time today. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me along. This has been the Monash Perioperative Medicine podcast series. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm.